tipped in the air and knocked away. KU's got to win it. Blah, big time two-hand slam by Hunter Dickinson. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Welcome to another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, Lacton Beach, and our brand new sponsor, Xfinity. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon, and we are joined by a legend, Drew Gooden. Drew, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, just a guy that has done so much. You go back to 1999. Wow, the, the 1900s. It sounds so long ago, doesn't it? <laughs> one of the like, mid, greatest, like, midi- like medieval times. <laughs> I mean, one of the greatest recruiting classes in the history of Kansas basketball. Three guys. Drew Gooden, Nick Collison, Kirk Heinrich. And uh, I don't want to say it like this, but when I remember hearing about all this, it was Drew was kind of the not 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 a throw in by any means, but Kirk Heinrich and Nick Collison got all the like oh we got this guy from Northern California too, and you look at average fifteen and nine for a career at Kansas. Drew, welcome, and so glad you're on with us. Hey, I'm glad to be a part of this. Anything that's surrounding Jayhawk Nation, uh, I'm down for, and I'm all in, especially with Wayne and UG. Tech, give us a little update. We'll get into your career and your numbers and everything you did, but give everyone an update of what you're currently doing to stay involved in basketball. Well, yeah, well, the last – I've been retired now six or seven seasons. I'm starting to lose count. Um uh, but I transitioned over into the broadcast sector. So uh, basically crossed over to the dark side like you guys. Uh, I, I'm passionate about it. But uh, really started off just doing pregame and postgame hits with the Washington Wizards. Uh, that was the last team I played with my last three years of a 14-year career. So that kind of uh, – I kind of had a foundation there and retire, retiring a, a – a Washington Wizard and ending my career in that in that area, the DMV, Maryland, Virginia, the district, we call it the DMV. Um, and I just knew Wizards basketball, I was fresh off the court. I had good insight. I was still friends with a lot of the guys on the team. Um, I was just basically an outlet or a, a different type, a unique source, I would say, that was a little different from um, – everything they had already in place. And uh, that became from pre and post to now full-time color analyst in game, uh, calling it like it is. And I've been doing that now for six seasons. Yeah. Well, you've been calling it like it is as long as I've known you and always been a a gifted and passionate uh, communicator Uh, finished with the wizards currently working with that organization, but residing in Orlando, and getting ready to pull up to cheer on the Hawks, uh, start a new matchup against uh, the University of Central Florida Knights. Uh, excited to hear that you're going to be bringing your son, Little Drew, to the game. Uh, you've always been great about making an effort to, you know, drop in on the Jayhawks, whether it's back in the field house 
Last time we got a chance to kick it was uh, at the Final Four in New Orleans. You, me, and Nick uh, were all sitting great. together front row, which was a great time. How what is it about that? Kansas? Yeah, what is it about Kansas that makes you want to go out of your way uh, to be able to get your son around uh, the Jayhawk atmosphere to go and to continue to cheer on uh, the, the, the Jayhawks? Well, this is a unique situation because you got to remember, uh, this is I believe this is the first year UCF is in uh, – in the conference. So when I heard that, I've been living in Orlando now for the last 20 years, 20 plus years now. And uh, when I heard that, I mean, it was music to my ears that I now have an opportunity to see the Jayhawks when they come in town in Orlando, my new second home and with the family and being able to bring them to a game and not have to travel all the way to Lawrence, Kansas, which Lawrence is a, a unique experience in itself. But for you guys to come in my new my home, my backyard to be here, um, I'm all for it. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to bring a little juice to the game. I asked him right now, you know, what college you want to go to? Oh, and he says Kansas, but I'm like, do you really want to go to Kansas? Or you just see all this Kansas memorabilia around the house, and you just <laughs> think it's like it's meant to – like this is – it's like it's not even meant to be. It's like it's the norm. Like, this is the standard. You're supposed to be going to Kansas. Now, I'm going to let him have a choice on whatever school he wants to go go to. But if it happens to be Kansas, so be it. But he's going to have his first, I say, unofficial recruiting trip tomorrow versus UCF Knights. Right on. So we're looking, we're looking forward to it. Well, a couple things, you know, as, as I do what I do, similar to what you do in Washington, you know, uh, Wayne and I are so fortunate, as are you, in the fact that even away from basketball, you get to stay involved in basketball. You don't have to do all the practice. You don't have to do all the, the lifting and all that. But the, the camaraderie of traveling with the team, I, I just asked you before we went on, if you want to come to shoot around and you have the same opinion I do. I go to 5,000 shoot arounds. It's not as big a deal to me or you or Wayne, but to some that's access that they get that we take for granted. But the fact that, you know, sometimes the travel sucks, sometimes the hotel's bad, but you're with your brothers, you're with your people you work with, and it just kind of fills a void in your life after your career, which is what all you've known is basketball. And you still get a little, a little taste of that. It's a blessing. I tell you, it's a blessing to still be in the space of, of sports let alone basketball, something I played professionally in and uh, carved out not only a career, but a, a lifestyle. And we were just talking uh, before we actually pressed record on this pod. Um, just six months on, six months off. It's kind of been my schedule since I picked up basketball. I always had my summers, you know, uh, especially on the bad teams that we, when we didn't make the playoffs, I'll be done in April. So I even had a little bit of the spring too. Uh, but it's just a, a blessing. I would say to still be in this space, being able to analyze basketball, something I, I love and I'm still passionate about being able to teach the audience now that, that are at home watching the game, the fans, just keeping them engaged and being informing, uh, informative, excuse me, and entertaining. I think that's just been the keys that I've been living by when it comes to the broadcast sector. I think what former players have is an honesty about what's going on. I mean, you're, you're not always just going to be a rah, rah wizards guy or Kansas guy, 
when something happens that isn't good, you call it out. And I think you don't always get that. I think former players are, are way more honest about the broadcast than others. Yeah, I, I think it's a um, – sorry, I kind of kicked the camera right there. <laughs> I think it's kind of a uh, – it's a fine line because I, I played and I, I heard other analysts talk play-by-play. Uh, play. Um, I would say broadcast, and it was negative. And then you'll walk past these certain individuals in real real time and in, in real space, and it's not the same. Uh, it's a different conversation. And I try to keep it genuine. Like, I'm around these guys all the time, like, I, I'm around the team, like you said, the shoot-arounds, the plane, the hotels, practice. If I see something on TV or I'm seeing something in live action in-game, analyzing it and seeing what that player can actually do better, and I, and I say it over the air to the audience, I'm going to also pull that player to the side and, and, and say the same thing. If I Like Denny Avia, he's a, he's a four-year player now for the Wizards. He's playing unbelievable this season. I always thought he had potential to do to have more lift in his jump shot. I'm not just going to always talk about him needing to put more lift in his jump shot and not actually pulling him to the side when I see him. I'm like, yo, Denny, I think you need to put more lift in your jump shot. I mean, what sense does that make to me bring that on the broadcast and then see him in practice? Like, hey, Denny, how you doing? And just walk right past him. Um, so it, it's some type of teaching aspect and kind of keeping it 100 with the players. You know, their families are watching. Um, they have kids that are watching, family members. Um, just keep, keep it, keeping it a buck, but also keeping it within a frame where you're not disrespecting players. And that's the opposing team, too, because I played the game. And as players, if you go back and watch film, you don't want to hear anything that too, ne- too much negativity surrounding you as an individual, or let, let alone your team. So, uh, and you also get a bad rap in business. So I, I try to stay away from that um, and just in, be informative, like I said, and, and entertain and analyze as much as possible. Man, I love that you're still uh, teaching and offering insight uh, to those younger guys. You know, because I, had you, I, had you as a I know it. I know it right there. You were a big bro. Uh, we only got a chance to play together for one year before you had uh, it's an incredible uh, junior season and then went on uh, to the NBA. But, of course, you were back uh, sometimes uh, during the summertime. And, and I consider you big bro being under under your tutelage. And, and, and I fully believe that I was able to have the type of career that I was because of, of playing uh, with a guy like you every single day. One thing man, that I want to ask you. Hold on, Wayne. You were a beast, man. Let me just stop for a second and just give Wayne his flowers. When he came in as a freshman, I mean, he was just already built like, you know what I mean? He was just just built like a grown man coming out of Leavenworth, you know what I mean? I was like, did he go to Leavenworth High School or is he coming from the penitentiary? You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was swole. Like. <laughs> and uh, I just remember the first – I just remember the first uh, – pra- well, just the pickup games that we would have during the summertime. And you would come to, like, Roy Williams' uh, – basketball camps and I, I knew you when you were a, a high school kid but when you came as a freshman you like you came in as a man child and you just had those big hands and you were able to just do things different than me Nick and Eric Chenoweth and Jeff Carey couldn't just do you know what I mean 
Gangsta and, Earl, I remember Gangsta Earl being there. Well, and I was telling well, him. Well, Les was a different story. When healthy, Les was a uh, was a, a athlete as well. But you came with a different physical force, man. And I I just wanted to bring that up uh, before you mentioned you coming in your freshman year. But I always saw potential in you, and I was like, man. Wayne Seaman is going to be a beast, and, and sure enough, you got that NBA jersey back there hanging up behind you, sir. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And what all that you just talked about right there, and Greg used the word earlier, it just articulates the the, the real reality, not tongue-in-cheek, brotherhood. Talk to us about that brotherhood as you're going from city to city, night in and night out in the NBA, when you're running into guys like Joel Embiid, or you're seeing uh, an assistant coach like Aaron Miles, or like a Jock Bond. Uh, other guys in media spaces that come from the same type of cable. What is that like kind of across NBA circles? And, and then is there, is there like a reputation that uh, Jayhawks in the NBA have kind of across the league? Yeah. I mean, it's a blue blood school and I, I don't think you really realize that. until you actually leave. And when I left, I was like, Oh, it was bigger than just, our teammates that we had there at the time, me, Nick, Kirk, Loboshi, you, Aaron Miles, all the, the OGs I had, Nick Bradford, Terry Nooner, Les. Um, it's bigger than the, the guys that you played with. It, it, it's a blue blood school. I mean, it's when you talk about Harvard Medical School, Harvard Law, these Ivy League schools, and uh, Columbia Business School, Stanford, I mean, when it, it's basketball academia, is that is that a word? <laughs> I hope it is. But uh, it is a special place. And um, and you don't realize that at such a young age until you actually leave and the years go on. And, at the, uh, you know, the more and the more the winning continues. Uh, recently winning the national championship. I mean, it just, it gets better and better and better. And it ages over the years like fine wine. You scroll, tap, swipe, text, call, and do a lot more on your phone. None of us can fathom life without all the world's knowledge in our pocket. We use phones for just about everything. But when it comes to doing the bigger things, like streaming, gaming, and working, you shouldn't be limited to just your phone screen or mobile plan. You see, millions of Americans don't have home internet. They're forced to do everything on their phone or through their mobile service via a hotspot. Or they go to public spaces and use unsecure Wi-Fi, which can be problematic when dealing with personal or sensitive information. You deserve reliable home internet to fit your life and your budget. And right now, Internet Essentials Plus from Xfinity is free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. Get unlimited data and equipment included with no annual contract. Go to Xfinity.com free to see if you qualify. Restrictions apply. After program participation ends, Comcast standard charges, taxes, and fees apply. May not be combined with other offers. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been to another school. Only grew up in Kansas City, played in Kansas, worked there. And I don't know, maybe a Duke, maybe a Carolina. But as you're around, I mean, I love the fact that you're bringing young Drew and Wayne with his kids are always around. We go to Austin, Keith, same way, Aaron Miles, and they're they're kind of programming our kids, still allowing them to be free and choose what they want. But we're, we're all kind of, both of my daughters went to KU and, and I don't know if that happens everywhere because Lawrence is a special place and it takes guys from Leavenworth. It takes guys from California. It takes guys from everywhere. That's why it's real to me because again, we're, we're a 
melting pot of people from all over the country. They all have one common love, and that's Lawrence, Kansas, and Kansas basketball. Yeah, but the connection is real. When uh, you talk about the relationships, still having those conversations, like with Aaron Miles, uh, Mike Lee, who's a scout for the Golden State Warriors, we yeah. hung out not too long ago when he was on assignment in Washington. So Jacques Vaughn, I mean, I saw him the last two, two or three times uh, alone in one month. How many times we played the Brooklyn Nets? So, uh, and the fine job he's doing over there. But it's amazing to still have these uh, conversations. Kevin Pritchard in Indiana. Uh, I'm not going to be at the game uh, tomorrow, but we play the Pacers on Wednesday. If, if I was at that game, you don't think me and Kevin Pritchard is going to have a conversation? Yes, we are. So it, it's just amazing how uh, how the connections are still um, big. Not only is it in the NBA, but everywhere. Hey, you mentioned Jock Vaughn a little bit earlier. That's one thing that I want to see the Jayhawks tap back into is that California recruiting pipeline with mm. you, JV, P, Adonis Jordan. P is in Paul Pierce. Uh, Adonis Jordan. We, we got to get back to the Cali love, man. We got to find a, 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 a gym out there in Cali and get it back going because you, you guys did it. Who was the, who was like the last California recruit? It was like, you. You were the last real one, man. man I, I mean, Roy Williams is there, but I'm talking about like Bill Self. I mean, it had to be somebody from Cali, right? Uh, man, I don't. I can't think. Of it. It's been a long. We time. haven't really tapped in. Yeah, KT oh, is usually the old, California look guy. All of us look right now when we're trying to think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Omar Wilkes. Omar Wilkes made. He's the last California kid that I, I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Roy Love, West Coast guys. You already named a bunch of them. We look at Alonzo Jamison, Jock Vaughn, Adonis Jordan, Herc Wagner, and 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 uh, Ray Yeah, Ray, Jerry Hodge, California guy. Yeah. Can't forget Scott about Lillard was Scott, Scott Lillard Lillard. Was San Diego. Uh, uh, Chenoweth from Orange Chenoweth. County. Yeah. Hey, 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 uh, hey Drew, and I said, I still get on Chuck Hayes because I thought I had Chuck Hayes sewed up Modesto Bay Area, had him on a visit, hosted. I thought I thought we had another one from the Bay and was locked up, but he peeled off and went to Kentucky and he we with had the a lot. You know what? The California oh. dudes are slippery though. You gotta watch out for those California. Oh dudes, man, we missed them big we ones. Had the, we had Josh Tudor, Jamal we Sampson. Lost like we lost Deshaun Stevenson to the NBA draft because he committed. A lot of people don't know that Deshaun Stevenson committed to. Kansas and was ready to yeah. sign. Just had some SAT issues and and he said, "Forget it, I'm gonna be a, a first round pick." And I think he was probably one of the first guys that committed to Kansas and then went to the NBA. Hey, Nick Bradford, Nick Bradford told me that we had Baron Davis sewed up and he, he slipped through the crack somehow. That can, can, can you corroborate uh, I, that? You know, when you go to the late night men in that recruiting trip, it's hard <laughs> to say no. <laughs> they put the full court pressure. They put that full court press on you right at the late night. So what you gonna do? You know, st sticking on the brotherhood, I, I, I got on my phone and I was looking at pictures of the night of the national championship, 2022 in New Orleans. And I see you in here too. And, and I want you to talk about how, even from whether it's Larry Brown, Roy Williams, Bill Self, that it's all welcoming. Tomorrow you're gonna come to the game and Bill's going to bring in the locker room and, and, and just 
again, I, I don't think any of us are just so tunnel vision that we're all royal, we're all whatever. It, it, the brotherhood has taken over, and Bill's done an amazing job. Amazing job, welcoming everyone. Amazing job. Uh, so so amazing that I feel like I played for him, and this is this is a real answer. I feel like I played for Bill. So and I forget sometimes. Hold on, I played with Roy. Um, the relationship that we have throughout the years, um, he's just genuine. I, when I text him, he re he's responsive. He responds right back in real time. Uh, I got a lot of love for Bill Self, and he's over-exceeded the expectation. You know, he had some big shoes to fill coming in for Roy. And uh, he did more and then some. And, you know, it's always his job to turn down as of now. But he is a legend. Um, and like I said, my, my relationship was, was with Bill self is no different than my relationship with Roy Williams. It's just that I wasn't coached from Bill self, but, uh, I'm a Kansas Jayhawk and he's the head coach of the Jayhawks and so be it. Hey, tell us what you think about our team. I know obviously you're a sharp basketball mind, um, night in and night out. You're with the wizards, but. Uh, like a lot of guys, former Jayhawks, keeping an eye on a team, checking in when you can. I know you haven't seen in person, but but what are your impressions of uh, of this year's team, and what are you looking forward to uh, to having little Drew witness uh, witness in person? First of all, we talking about old age. We got some OGs on the team. I looked at the age group, all these guys. I was like, wow, we got some twenty three year olds, twenty two year olds, grown men out there. So th that's for one coming into the gate, having some experience. Um, Hunter Dickinson, I, I, I watched him. He's from the DMV area. I watched him in his years in DeMatha, uh, all the way from team takeover in AAU days with uh, Armando ba uh, Baycott. Um, what else? I mean, he went to Michigan. Things didn't work out over there. He came to when I found out he was coming to Kansas. I was excited, extremely. Yeah, excited. big for the big fellas. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And I knew he was going to have a – it wasn't no secret to me. He was going to have the season he's having right now. Um, what do you have, 30 points of the last game, uh, shooting the ball, lights out. You know, uh, he, he has a chance. I think um, he he's underrated, and I think when guys stay in school longer now, it's kind of a knock, which it shouldn't be. But uh, I think he's going to have a chance to play at the uh, the next level. And I think what Bill's done a really good job of, whether he's doing it on purpose or what, we've had a lot of seniors, a lot of really good seniors. In this day and age of college basketball, when you look at Devontae Graham, you look at Frank Mason, you look at Ochai, still had another year, but he played, uh, maybe only played three, but we've had guys that stuck it out in an era that you don't usually stick it out. And here's Hunter Dickinson. He actually has another year i want to get your take on i did not he has another year wow yeah his freshman his freshman year was covid so he can obviously play this year and next year now wow the question i have for you drew you know the nba as good as anybody you know hunter dickinson he's dominating college basketball we saw last year oscar Sheway, drew timmy and sonogo from connecticut not get drafted they were great yeah. big guys in college basketball. They aren't playing in the NBA right now. Maybe they'll get their chance. 
where do you put Hunter Dickinson with the year? Let's say he continues this year, averages a double-double. Kansas has a, a, an amazing year, hopefully into the national title. Is Does that make Hunter any different this year than he was last year? And what are his prospects in the NBA? Well, the NBA scouts, they look at what you can do great. And it could, only be, it could be one thing. And what is that one thing that you can bring to the table to help an NBA team win a game? Uh, I know a lot of teams, in specific, the New Orleans Pelicans, when they scout, they uh, they look at college guys that average either two blocks, two-plus blocks or two-plus steals, uh, just defensive ment- uh, mentality type of guys. And it kind of works for their system. Um, can Hunter block shots at a high rate? Can he, uh, if he can't block shots, can he take charges? Can he alter shots at the rim? I mean, just because you don't block a shot, can you be disruptive in the paint? That's a, that's key. Uh, and, and what's his selling? Can, can he can he shoot that three? Can he ex- extend his range and be able to be a stretch five? Because that's valuable now. Um, because I don't think he's right now a live threat in the NBA. I think he has the potential to be a, a, a pick and pop spot up threat that can be a rim, a possible rim protector. And, and also he's an underrated passer. Um, I think the ceiling for Hunter could possibly be like a, uh, you guys remember Brad Miller and I hate, you know, I hate comparing, <laughs> people always say, why do uh, people always compare black guys? Greg will say that. Greg will say that. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. I, I've been watching Hunter. Listen, I've been watching Hunter since he was in ninth grade, 10th grade at DeMatha, who I do the games with Chris Miller. His son, Donovan uh, Miller, was his point guard in high school. So I've watched Hunter since high school, and I always said, Brad Miller. He plays like Brad Miller. I always said it. Like, whether he's going to be at Kansas or not, and I always knew he had a chance of possibly playing at the next level. But uh, I'm just happy he's a Jayhawk. And it's working out for him. He's having these breakout games. And Bill Self, he's going to hold you accountable. Uh, NBA coaches and scouts know that. So he's coming from a good program. That's that's probably the biggest thing uh, working out for him. That they know he's coming from uh, uh, a blue a blue blood school, and he's going to be learning the tools needed to succeed at the next level. Wayne, did you see the, the twinkle in my eye when Drew said that? So Wayne and I have this conversation all the time. We have uh-huh. big conversations about all things basketball. Like, who do we compare Kirk Heinrich to? Steve Nash. Does that yeah, mean yeah. that he's not like Tim Hardaway? Or like, I'm, like I'm glad yeah, you said I'm guilty, that because I'm guilty too. I was comparing Grady Dick to Danny Ainge. I was like, I can't find nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> hey Wayne, who do we we compare Grady Dick to? Who? Mike Dunleavy. Uh, uh, who else? We had a couple last year, but. It's, it's I, think like, he, I think he's a little yeah. bit more athletic than Mike, though. He's a yeah, more Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Corver. But, but Kyle. I will say my, my, my Hunter Dickinson comparison from a high ceiling, this is high, high ceiling for me, Drew, would in the league would be like a Brooke Lopez. Um, exactly. That was going to be my So, so there, I broke the mold right that's, there. I, yeah. I, I broke the mold. I broke, I broke that's, the, that's the, 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 the barrier there. That's where the rim protection, paint protection, and being able to stretch out the three is so, – valuable it's so valuable now in today's age like you have to be able to knock down that three at the center slot if you're not a live threat yeah we love we love this question all right drew you've been removed from kansas now for 20 plus years guys are getting paid nil how much money would you have made 
as a Kansas Jayhawk in the NFL. You know, I can't. I came from humble beginnings, so I mean, the scholarship check that we were getting for what, what was it, three hundred, four hundred dollars, if we were lucky. Three, three ninety two, three hundred, three hundred and ninety two dollars. Check came when that check came. I was feeling, <laughs> I was like a boss, you know, a boss. You know? Oak Park Mall, watch out, <laughs> Eric Peters, watch out. The, yeah, you already know. Pull up with some gift cards. <laughs> but um. I, I don't know. That's a tough question, but it's interesting because we had a team. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that number is. I just know that when it was all said and done, I was preparing for the draft my junior year. We're coming off the final four. We didn't win it. Um, you know, I had some big time like autograph signings. Where I, it was some lucrative deals that were going on around Kansas City area. So I don't know what that kind of equates to now in 2024, but uh I, I I think it's yeah. good. I think it's good for the. I, I'm happy for the kids to be able to get this money. But one thing that scares me about the kids getting all this money, and I, I call them kids because I'm older now. You, <laughs> they're kids. They're kids. But um, this what scares me is the desire, the hunger to to want more, to do more, receiving that much money at such a young age. Um, for us. I didn't think I was going to the NBA. I was there to get a, a academic scholarship, um, hopefully play overseas. If I was lucky, everything just worked out for me. Now I think if you would have gave me an NIL deal my freshman year, and then have, you give me a say a million dollars, and I have to go to a Roy Williams practice, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be like, ah. Uh, I don't know if I might make this one tonight. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the three of, approach, am I right? Yeah, and the three of us know better than anybody because we played for Roy Williams, and he retired right around the time this all came up. I don't know if he'll ever admit it, but knowing Coach Williams the way the three of us know him, this would not be a good thing because you'd have locker room talk. You know, Wayne got this, Drew got this. Uh, it would drive him crazy. And, and, and what we always say is coaches at this point are either going to do one of two things. Well, maybe three retire because they don't like it, embrace it, or they're going to get left behind or not take advantage of it and get left behind. And that's, I don't think he wanted to to put that much into it because he believes that like a lot of old timers that, this is how it is. You got a scholarship. You get your three ninety two a month. You come to practice. It's a team. Just because someone's calling you off for more money, you should want to stay because you're part of a team. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of different uh, dynamics, pros and cons that go on to play in this. And uh, I just wish for the best. Uh, I actually got approached by. Uh, a party or a group of people that were trying to petition the NIL deals and take it to Congress and, and do all those things. And I, I heard them out, but after I actually listened to everything, I was like, I can't sign off on this. I'm actually for like these, these college kids, if they're able to make money and spot and have companies sponsor them. So be it. I, I'd rather have it be out, out in the open than under the table. And then these schools are getting penalized for this stuff anyway. So uh, I was always for it. Um, but then now I'm looking at the, you know, 
now that we got some a small sample size, can we get some data in the next five, 10 years? Is this actually working or is this hurting the kids? Well, yeah. it's, it's so the tube. The tube is out of the toothpaste. The, the difficulty to get it back in. I, I just think the way they, they put it out there is to a degree, anything goes. And yeah. then if you try to, you try to dial that back and limit a kid's ability to make money. If you restrict just the word restrict, is going to be sued, right? So yeah. it is. And then also Wayne, the next school. Wayne and I live in this space because we have to do it. Uh, we had a, we had a great conversation. What was it about a year ago, Wayne, when Keith Langford was in town, and Keith just asked us questions and and a lot of negative questions, like, "Well, how's this going to work?" How, like you know, Keith and Drew, you guys are are you're so cognizant of everything that goes on and you understand it. And Wayne and I were like, those were all really good questions. And unfortunately, we don't have great answers. Yeah. I, I think only time will tell. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but, but Drew, you also know a lot of the, the dynamics that college kids are now having to navigate uh, through NIL are waiting for them, not only in the NBA locker room, but waiting for them in every other professional sector on the other side of that. And uh, we can we can tap into that another time. One thing that I, that I want to highlight about you is, is for me, one of your most impressive career highlights. And I mean, my goodness, first team All-American player of the year in the Big 12, in the country, 16-0 and 0, uh, in the league. Um, during that time, and then, of course, 15-year career in the NBA. Left early, but came back to graduate. Right, one of my favorite pictures, I even have it on my phone, is a picture on graduation day with you, cap and gown, not with the other guys that came in in your class, but it was you. You remember who the other guy was? Uh, Frank Mason? Frank Mason, right. Yeah, you and Frank Mason in front of Strong Hall, Years after you had left. Now, the reason why I want you to talk about this is because I think it's so important. Look, we're Kansas. We're going to have guys that are talented enough to leave early and go pursue their professional careers. Talk about, number one, guys that do leave still have an opportunity to come back and do what you did, do what Thomas Robinson has done, do what several others have done, come back and graduate, but also – Every Kansas player that has the opportunity to leave early sure is going to leave with some type of deficiency, right? Their game's not going to be perfect. But guess what? Guys get better and develop at the next level, too. And there isn't any KU fan out there, very few, that actually say, oh, yeah, no, that guy should go. Like, they all want him to stay, right? They all want him to stay to get the degree and to continue to develop as a player. Talk about it from your experience. You choosing to leave the end of your junior year, but then in that process, continuing to develop your skill to where you have a 15-year NBA career, and then also developing in your maturity and the timing to say, hey, what, you know what, that degree that I eventually started is important enough to me to work to finish, even while you're playing in the NBA? It, um, that's a great question. Honestly, it, I promised my mom and I promised Roy Williams I was going to graduate. Uh, I think that was like the side deal. If, I, if you want to leave early, you, you got to promise me you graduate with my mom, right? And uh, uh, great. But but really though, I hate leaving stuff unfinished. Like 
I, I just started thinking all those like why we go to school we wake up and go to school every day since like kindergarten so I was like kindergarten for me was like 1985 86 so I was going I was waking up every morning my dad getting getting me ready my mom's getting me ready driving me to school dropping me off just all of that every day uh up until the point I went to college like was that just all a waste is what I, I started to think like did I did they do that all for nothing like was it all just a waste of time like I don't have anything to show for it so that always bothered me and it was just something that in the back of my mind is man I got this far why not finish and uh, that was always like I, ha- I will always have this reoccurring I call it a nightmare I don't have it anymore since I graduated but uh, I had this nightmare where I was, I would be, I'll wake up out of my sleep and I'm panicking because I don't know where my classes are. I'm like on this campus. I don't know where the campus is. I don't know who my teachers are. I don't know where my classes are. All I know is I keep getting a report card and it's like all Fs and I just don't know how to, <laughs> like, I just, I don't know who to talk to. I, and, I, and it's like a reoccurring nightmare I was having. And you know what? When I graduated up until the last class I took, I never had that dream again. And it was just something just weighing on me that I had to get done. And then, you know, I didn't tell my mom. I mean, it took me 14 years, almost 15 years to finish one year of my senior year of college. It was not easy. And um, I didn't tell my mom I finished. And I promised Roy Williams. I didn't tell him I finished either. I just literally sent them a handwritten letter that, uh, and my and a copy of my diploma, one to Roy Williams, one to my mom, and say, "Hey, I promise you guys this back in 2002. Finally got it done. It was 2002. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And, and we just don't hear stories like that enough. I'm so glad you told it. Uh, Wayne and I were talking the other day about Dewan Harris. Dewan Harris is going to go down as one of the greatest stories of all time. Massive academic risk for Kansas to take him." 3.7 GPA is going to graduate from college. Uh, NIL has been a huge deal for him and his family. So there's so many good stories that we, we tend to only tell the bad ones. We only talk about when there's somebody gets in trouble or whatever. We don't talk about the Drew Gooden getting his degree for, for really, I mean, it's as far as it's more for your head and, and Roy Williams and your mom than it was for you to get another job or whatever. I mean, you're, I'm not dumbing down being a broadcaster, but you don't need a degree to be a broadcaster. But absolutely, I just just got thrown right in the fire. You know, (laughs) figure it out. It's the same with me. They asked me to do it, and I was like, I don't. I've never done it before. A lot of people that watch this podcast will say, "Yeah, it looks like you've never done it before." (laughs) But but, uh, same deal. Former players, they want you to do broadcasting. Wayne does a great job with the Jack Television Network, and and and. Player, but, but, but back to my, uh, we we really promote the negative and not enough of the positive. So I'm so glad you told that story, and and we need to do a better job of of recognizing it and putting it out there. Absolutely, yeah, and and it, it didn't stop because I recently uh, received my certificate in business excellence, excuse me, from the Columbia Business School. So that was something I continued to. Uh, grow on and just needed more to com- com- feel complete 
as far as my business acumen. And uh, it, it didn't stop just because I, I got it from Kansas. Now I have another alma mater in Columbia Business School. So it. Uh, How about it's, that? It's Wait, did you see? Yeah. You see the way he just kind of glossed over that Columbia. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it like, it, it can be done. If I did it, it can be done. Man, an Ivy Leaguer. Man, he a Hall of Famer, an Ivy Leaguer. But the, the, the fact, the real, I'm, a, I'm not going to cap. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. The Columbia stuff was just for my LinkedIn page to look a lot better. <laughs> On the business side, it looked a little, the Kansas is great. But then when you add the Columbia with it, with the business, Validation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, this has been great. Uh, uh, I, I love that you still follow Kansas basketball. How how often, you know, Wayne and I get our time with Coach Williams. Uh, he'll come back here and again talk to us. How often do you communicate with uh, with Coach Williams? I talked to Coach Williams about a month ago. I just somebody told me to check in on him. Uh, he's getting up there in age, along with his wife Wanda, and um, just something told me to just call him and check on him. And I, I, I we text back and forth. He's in good spirits. Uh, I was like, he's not. This is like his second or third year not coaching. Maybe what now? Four years now? At is least four? three. This might be the yeah, fourth. Yeah, this is fourth. Yeah, this is fourth. That's how quick it's going. So I had to check on him. There's only so much golf you can play. So, but he's a good. Uh, he, He's in good spirits, great spirits, and uh, he's doing good in North Carolina, traveling. He has some uh, grandkids that he's looking after and, and watching him play sports now. So uh, he's uh, a Wayne, great, great spirit. You know, if you ever want to, if you ever want to see him, all you got to do is turn on a North Carolina game. He seems to be. Oh, he's there. Every he's single there. Game and Wanda. They play. And Wanda. You can't miss well, him. Wayne, baby blue, baby blue vest on every time. <laughs> Wayne and I got the opportunity to go to. Uh, how about that? We talked about California players, and I don't think any of the three of us mentioned Paul Pierce, which that's no, no, I said three. No, no, yeah, yeah, I said three. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Okay, okay, okay. So, but, but Wayne and I went to his uh, uh, Hall of Fame induction, and uh, after the uh, uh, deal, we went to dinner with Coach Williams and, and had a great two, three hour uh, 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 visit with him, which was a lot of fun. That was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, the old, he's a lot nicer the older you get, right? <laughs> well, because that little guy can put the fear of God in you. Like he, I mean, he can he can mess with your playing time. He can mess with your your you know, make you throw up. Make I mean, some of the hey, listen, some of ours. I, I guarantee you that some of your worst days were the same as mine. And that was after yeah. a loss in Allen Fieldhouse. Well, yeah, that's that gut check. Um, just real quick, I, I had a talk with uh, Brad, uh, Brad Doherty, who played at North Carolina. Roy Williams was actually his uh, Little League baseball coach. Uh, and Brad Doherty, he was an all-star, I mean, NBA Hall of Famer, played with the Cavaliers. Yeah, the Cavs, yeah, legend. Yeah, legend. So he does the broadcast for the Cavaliers. So I'll, and this is the connection that we're talking about, still having these conversations, because there's a Carolina connection through Roy Williams for us as well. And... Uh, and I, I, t I asked Brad, I said, listen, Roy, Roy put that dog in us, didn't he? He was like, man, did he? He, he didn't put up with no, you know, nothing soft. And I said, man, you know what? And I approach everything in life just like that. He, he, I, I see why he would not let me just go halfway and why he, he always went, he always commanded and demanded 
a hundred percent of Drew Gooden, and I and I see why. So, and that's why he was like that. But he's a lot nicer now. <laughs> well, Drew, it's been awesome. Uh, I'm here in Orlando. We came a, a day early because of the snow in uh, in Kansas. Got here on Monday night. We play tomorrow night. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm glad Absolutely. we're down here. I'm glad you're going to be able to see your Jayhawks. Maybe not every year, but at least every other year, it sounds like, with this unbalanced schedule. Looking forward to welcoming our new member into the Big 12, and hopefully we welcome them with a bang and we get out of here well, with a 25-point win. Yeah. Well, I just hope the weather's a lot better. I think we're supposed to have a storm coming in as well. So you left one storm to come into a rainstorm. So get ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm here shoveling the snow. I'll be here shoveling the snow. You guys enjoy the fun of the sun down there in Orlando. I, I'm going to get back on the driveway. Wayne, be careful. Don't slip. <laughs> hey, hey, Drew, appreciate you. Thanks for the time. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, Kansas legend, Drew Gooden, Rock Chalk.